following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. the 11pm Somewhere podcast. I'm the Red Bearded Avenger of Craft Beerine, and each week I jump on my beer crate adorned in my craft beer parasheath, shooing away the bland taste of stullards of the beer producing world to lend my voice, that's right, to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks for daring to put the world's most dangerous beer podcast into your ears yet again for another week. This is episode 17 of the show. I want to get a couple of bits and pieces out of the way first because I believe you should get rid of business up front and then you get to go and do the party afterwards. So first off, I want to say in the last week or so, the podcast itself in terms of the amount of work, what I'm trying to put in, in the words of Bricktop, I've been a busy little bastard. Um, And I've been looking at a number of ways to increase the amount of content that's actually going into the show and the amount of content that there is available around the entire Irish craft beer scene. Um, You know, as many great bloggers as we have and Twitter and Facebook peoples as that there is involved in the Irish craft beer, you know, there's just, for the progression of it, there's not enough content that's out there and it seems to almost fall into like about five or six people for content generation around us. Um, and it doesn't seem to be sort of enough different types of content. An awful lot of it is very blog orientated. I, as it stands, I'm currently the only podcast in the country around craft beer, uh, which I'm slightly disappointed by in one respect, I have to say. And there is, seems to be no one else really putting out videos around this or any other kind of multimedia content around it, which I would consider fairly normal if you look at the UK. Um, like where you've got such great beer YouTubers like the Big Secure, and if you've never checked out his beer channel on YouTube, you should go and check it out, or checked out uh, Craft Beer on YouTube, or even Jamie Oliver's Drinks Tube channel. There's a whole heap of them in the UK. It's amazing. Uh, they've got like such a great plethora of them. So what I'll, one of the things I'm going to be looking at doing is I'm going to be looking at ways of feeding the Irish craft beer subreddit to give more content and more different types of content. And in one respect, I hope it'll actually encourage other people to get involved in producing this kind of content as well. The more content, the more opinions that we have that's put out there, the more... Uh, spotlight we can throw on what's going on in Ireland regarding craft beer you know the better it's going to be and you know I'm just one of those creative types and as a result I like creating Uh, and it also happens I like me some craft beer that's right yep I do and you know when these two meet they combined form an unstoppable force like Voltron coming together and like crushing the evil macro beers of the world. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all we do is we reverse road signs, back up sewers, and steal macro beer lovers' left shoes. Uh, we don't do that either. Um, but you know what? The videos thing was something that I was always going to plan on doing. And this is one of those podcasts that I do where I feel, you know, doing videos is probably a good thing. I've never really wanted to, felt that compelled to do them before. Um... With my other podcast, whether it's my World of Warcraft one, A Paladin's Tale, which you can check out at apaladinstale.com. Um, 
because I always felt that if I was doing it, I was joining the pack. I didn't feel I had anything to contribute video-wise. And this is one of those areas where there are some fantastic people out there that I've met in the craft beer space who've got some wonderful opinions, diverse opinions, and they're just interesting characters. And their blogs only show and get to highlight parts of them. And any of you who've met them, um, you know that they are gregarious people. They want to talk. They're chatty. They fucking love this uh, this entire revolution that's going on. And they want to be a part of it. And I want to bring their voices and their personalities out. And I want to share them with everyone else out there. As I've said before, this podcast is now starting to be fairly international. I'm getting a lot of American listeners to the show. I'm getting emails in from Americans. I'm getting emails in from people in Ireland now, which is great. Um, and I'm seeing that the traffic diversity is even extending to the UK as well now in terms of uh, people hitting the podcast. And that's a really, really good thing. So the first thing that I'm going to be doing is next month... I'm hoping that it's going to be one of the weekends towards the middle of May. I'm going to do the very first of uh, my video series. And I'm actually going to do this in two ways. As people know, I've already got one video series running right now, which is where I'm going to do videos of integrating Irish craft beer into food recipes. And I'm not talking about your boring-ass staples of, oh, well, you stick it into some goddamn batter, you throw it into gravy in a pie, or you make gravy with it. No, I'm going to do really interesting stuff with it. I've already done one with Brew Brewery, which was where I did the Brew Rua Burger, which was, the long and the short of it was, I got made a marinade from Brew Rua for a fantastic hamburger with some great uh, local sourced uh, meat as well. I did some Brew Rua candied bacon. I did a Brew Rua steamed burger bun. Brew Rua sautéed mushrooms. And I even made a Brew Rua ketchup to go with the thing. And this was a video I've put up on YouTube. You can check that out on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash user forward slash 11pm somewhere. All the videos are going to be up there. That's the first one. The second one I'm actually working on at the moment. I have a couple of bits and pieces to finalise. Get some editing done. Take on board the feedback that I got off the first one. And then get that one live. I'm already planning a third and a fourth one already. So the other content they're going to be doing is these Google Hangouts. Now, I had a couple of people on the Twitter machine say to me, Hey, Ian, what the heck is a Google Hangout? And what, where are you doing? Where are you hanging out? A Google Hangout is nothing more than, say, a video conference chat on the internet between people where there's a host and other people can actually watch this. So if you've given them the link, they can actually watch it. And this is done for an awful lot of um, internet content in terms of like video on-demand shows or vodcasts. Um, uh, on the internet and there's a couple of them that are out there like the craft beer channel on youtube which is basically where about four or five people in the u.s they get together they share they share the same craft beers and they're talking about beers that they're having this week and a whole heap of other shit relating to craft beer going on in the u.s either stuff to do locally or stuff to do naturally nationally or stuff which is topical and in the news in the U.S. around craft beer. And it's a really good show. It's really interesting. And you should have a look at that because that'll give you an idea of the kind of flavor that I'm going to be shooting for. I'm going to try and have other people on these uh, vodcast shows. I'm not going to do them every week because it, it then becomes a case of we're trying to force out content. I'm a single person who's doing this on my own. 
that I haven't got editors, I haven't got a team of people around me doing it. I do a ton of other podcast shows as well, and I do some writing here and there, uh, and I do a bit of consultancy work as well. So having the time to be able to do this on a weekly basis is going to be a non-runner. It'll be one of those things I do every two weeks, and that'll supplement other bits and pieces of content that I'll do as well in terms of video or I'll make it sporadic so I start generating more content and hopefully then other people who are in this space might want to follow suit and I'm hoping that they'll turn around and say hey Ian I want to try and do this content I've no fucking idea where to start with this would you mind helping me uh, understand how I can do this and put it up I really have no idea I want to help people do this I want to help get the community active in creating this kind of content again you need to remember this if you write a blog on beer, guess what? You've got content for a podcast. Just because you put out a blog means you're actually missing out on a huge portion of people who are able to consume your content by not having it in a podcast or not making a video. Even if you're sitting there talking into a camera and you're showing people beers and you're talking around it and then you turn that... you guess, guess what? When you've done that video, you get to strip the audio out and you've got a podcast. So you've now just got, out of one piece of material, you've got three mediums to be able to hit up in three different ways and get make it available for as many people as possible to consume it. And I think that's a brilliant way of doing things. And it's something that I am probably going to look at doing when it comes time to getting videos up and running where I'll actually do the podcast as a video, I'll put it out then as audio... And I will also then stick it out as um, a blog as well, in the usual way where I've got show notes, links to things that I'm talking about and so on, which will help people uh, then have a reference guide to go back to. And again, if you're interested in podcasting about beer, for fuck's sake, talk to me. Hit me up on Twitter, drop me an email, show at 11pmsomewhere.com, more than happy to help. If you're curious about podcasting right now and you're like, hey, I don't want to talk to you about it right now, go and check out Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting at schoolofpodcasting.com. You will learn a shit ton, download his podcasts and listen to them, you will learn plenty. Uh, and you will also discover that, guess what, it's fairly cheap to start out doing podcasting. It's fairly easy as well. You don't have to be a radio DJ. You don't have to be an expert audio engineer. It's something very, very simple. If you can copy and paste in a Word document, guess what, you can probably put together a podcast really simply. And if you if you decide you want to do it and you're interested contact me i'm always happy to help people go and set these things up again because i think it's good for a community to help itself the best kind of communities that grow are those that help themselves organically and this is always the case uh to get like internal community support going so with these google hangouts the format is going to be i'm going to host a show i'm going to have other people on for the first uh video on demand show the first vodcast of 11 p.m somewhere um, I'm not sure what I'm actually going to call this in terms of like a, a mini show that springs out of 11pm somewhere. I, I don't want to pull a Greg Proops where I call it like Greg Proops Film Club as opposed to uh, Proopocalypse Now which was what suggested for his movie podcast to separate out from his main comedy podcast. Um, I want to do something that's interesting and it's again kind of reflects me. Uh, I'll think about what that is, but anyway, for the first show, it's going to be myself as host, I'm going to have the Irish beer snob in there as 
uh, my co-pilot for that show. I'm also going to have Dave Guilfoyle, uh, who if people know is working up with the boys in Bow Bristle Brewery. Uh, I'm going to try and get him on. I'm For the first show, I don't want to overload it with people, so I think it's only going to be the three of us to start with. After that, I'm hoping other brewers, if you have a webcam... And you have a cheap-ass mic, and you can get a cheap-ass mic in Tesco, you can get them in Dunn's, you can get them in PC Worlds, they only cost like €12, Euros. most laptops now come with webcams. Hey, even if you don't have a webcam, you can still do it in audio, and we can put up an avatar of you on the show. Um, again, if you're interested in it after you see the first one, or you think it'd be kind of fun to do, drop me a line, and that's... and then we'll be able to take it from there, you know, this is going to be really, really easy. Um... I want to try and make the show more geared towards content people want to be able to consume. That's the other thing with this as well, as I want to be able to make it as interactive as possible. I've already started this where I get mail uh, sent in to me and they form mailbag episodes. Unfortunately, I don't get enough sort of emails and, and stuff in that where I can do a mailbox a mailbox slot on the show every week, so I have to let a couple of weeks of stuff build up, and then I do a mailbag episode. Um, if you want me to discuss something in particular, or you have any questions that you want me to ask or put out there, or if you have any sort of little topics that you'd like me to discuss, even if it's you'd like me to go on the record for my opinion for something, hey, there's no problems, not drop me an email, I'm more than happy to go and do that. Uh, Again, it's something that I really want, really want to be able to share with people, and I want to encourage other people to do as well. As a nation, this is the one thing I find really, really odd. If we were in the States right now, we would have lots of uh, video bloggers, we'd have lots of podcasters. It seems in Ireland that we sort of have uh, almost like an aversion to uh, doing podcasts or or letting our voice be heard. Like, we're alright with our words being seen and everything else. We seem to have this uh, sort of slight nervousness around people listening to our voice or people watching us on videos. And this is something which I've observed from the last couple of years. I mean, I've done podcasts for just coming into starting my fourth year now at this point. And for the last two years at least, I've had my podcasts nominated for like uh, in the Irish blog awards in the podcasting section I've been a judge on that as well and I've seen that like we we have lots of people who blog and we've people who are trying to figure out how well, how do I get more con more views on my content and they don't seem to want to do the other side of it for whatever reason but look it's really easy guess what your voice doesn't suck um, the sound of your own voice doesn't suck and you'll find that as long as the content is engaging and people want to hear that shit they will go and check it out the voice thing be damned that's just shit that's in your own head get the hell over that build a bridge get over it and you'll be okay uh, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of an update on stuff that's going on is that uh, the t-shirts and everything else. First one is up on the store. You can go and pick it up, which is 19.95. If you're a member of Bure, you will get a one euro discount. All you need to do is make sure in the email you put in Bure member and you let me know what your username is on the Bure forums as well. And I'll be able to locate you. It's on that. Or and you'll also need to probably send me a private message on Bure just so I make sure. 
uh, and I'll make sure you get that discount that's going on. I'll also contact the guys to add that into the Bior members thread for discounted stuff. Uh, there's going to be a couple of more t-shirts going along. I had to go and redesign a few after getting some done, which I thought were utterly horrible, and I wanted to redo them. Uh, but alongside that... Um, Dave Jackson's podcast, you know, the School of Podcasting, which I've already recommended, and I really can't recommend it highly enough for people who want to get into this or are curious about getting into it. Um, one of the things that he, uh, he had said in the recent episode, I can't remember the episode number, I mean, Dave's done about 400 episodes of this, I mean, he's the one of the longest-standing podcasters on the internet, um, and, like, his show has been inspiration in helping me shape my own podcasts, getting better on the technical side of it, looking at new ways of doing things and looking at ways of trying to engage people more and to do more with my podcast. And one of the things he'd anyway he had suggested was there's a platform called Patreon which allows people to donate money uh, for podcasts or for audio shows or videos that people who are content creators like myself put out. Now this is, I didn't want to get into the whole thing of like PayPal donations and the rest of it, but I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to offer something out to people that would, if people want to donate money, then don't stop them from doing it, like provide them with a means to do it, um, because I believe that you actually should. Now, what I decided I was going to do was, I was going to put up an account on Patreon because I think it's a great way for people to manage it and to make sure they're getting the content that they're able to donate for. And one of the reasons that I had actually put this together was in a couple of ways, was to actually structure so people, if they wanted to give donations to the podcast, they could, or if people wanted to pledge money on a monthly basis to support the cost of the podcast and developing all the content and helping to support the investment that I put into it, especially because, technically speaking, I'm promoting the Irish craft beer scene and Irish craft beer brewers for free. Um... And what I wanted to do is I wanted to do that easy where people could pledge like $1, which is like $0.67 cents a month. or And that would mean that they would get to be recognized on the website as a, as a donor to the show. And uh, I'll put up a link to your uh, social media as well as that. The other side of it was you want to pledge 10 bucks a month, which is about €6 Euros a month. What will happen is you'll get a shout-out at the end of each episode of the show, thanking you for your continued contributions to helping to support the show and keep it free from commercial banner ads, more important, and from interstitial ads. I hate putting ads on websites that I do. Um, but if they're the only way to help support the growth of the content and to put revenue against that, then that needs to happen. But I really don't want to do that for this because... Uh, I just think it'd be fucking horrible, and I don't think anyone likes pop-ups or ads appearing. And if you think about those YouTube videos, when an ad comes up, the second that skip ad thing comes up, you're just hitting that button straight away. I don't want to put people in that position. So here is an option that five people could pledge um, the six euro or whatever it is a month, and they would get that. And for those, for two people, if they want to pledge 25 bucks a month, what I'll do is I'd normally give you a shout-out at the start of the podcast um for helping to keep the content like free free from ads banner ads and all the rest of that stuff i'd also get one of the hop addicts t-shirts printed up in the size of your choice and sent on to you um and as well as give you all the rest of the stuff that the regular donors and the uh ten dollars a month donors would get as well 
again if you want to get if you re if you really want to help out the show check out my uh, patron wall on the website itself go up to 11pm somewhere.com in the about section there is a link to the patron wall and that will give you all the details about how you can support the show so now we've got all that shit out of the way we can get on to the more important meat and potatoes of the show this week's episode I want to talk about the importance of craft beer in terms of reorientating part of the drinking culture in this country and how it can actually help it and this is something which I don't think gets highlighted enough because every time we keep taught we we seem almost fucking incapable in this country of having a mature conversation around drinking and it from one respect pisses me off that Every time a conversation about this comes up, it gets hijacked by a bunch of fucking left-wing lunatics, um, who, or, or, or even worse, right-wing a-holes, who want to get into a conversation about how drink is the destructive force in our society, and, and that it's nothing but evil, and it just leads to bad shit. You know what? Anything which is abused and which isn't engaged in in a proper educational and mature manner if it gets abused guess what it's all going to turn to shit and it's a simple fact of the matter if you look at the macro industry itself the macro industry is about trying to get people to consume as much beer as possible in as cheap a manner as possible and support it being almost a below cost item with some of the supermarkets to get that down and to to put out alcoholic beverages that encourage people to drink as much of those products as possible. Um, and it's something which I always think is a real cynical approach of product and marketing first as opposed to substance. And one of the things that I will always come back to is I thoroughly believe that if you have good beers and beers that actually have flavour and that are interesting and as they sit in your glass and as you're sitting over them and you're having uh, beers with your friends in a social setting and everything else, that these aren't beers that you feel the necessity to consume and pour down your gullet as quickly as possible because you want to enjoy them and you're enjoying that experience with your friends when you're out um, because the flavours develop more and more. And you're not trying to get it down your neck before it warms up and then you discover it tastes like the piss that it is. Um... I was out recently, I think at the weekend, with uh, at a uh, table quiz uh, held in Probus Wines, Aidan Sweeney and um, and the guys there, and Owen, his brother, was actually emceeing it. It was a really, really great night out. It was in support of uh, a rugby club and just trying to help them get some funds together. I'm always about that. I love rugby clubs, so anything which involves support of rugby clubs, I'm fucking there. Uh, being a massive egg-chasing fan that I am, and the fact that rugby has been a huge part of my life since I was a small child. But so there's myself, there's my other half, Catherine, there's uh, Wayne and his wife Janice, and we decided we'd go along and we'd take a table and have some fun. And one of the great things about the evening, like whatever about sort of the fun and games and shits and giggles we were having about the um, each of the rounds, getting questions wrong. And then go having one answer and then putting down another and realizing that the first answer was fucking right or vice versa. Um, was the fact is that we were also able to get some beers and share them between us. And especially beers that we may or may not have had before that were available in Probus. And being able to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about those beers as well. And I think beer is one of those things where 
there's in this country I'm starting to see this really horrible undercurrent um of beer snobbery. I mean look, I understand that this podcast in itself is a form of fucking beer snobbery where I look down my nose at macro beers. If people want to drink macro beer, I don't necessarily say that they're uh, a bunch of fucking morons because they drink uh, macro beers. But I do think that um, they are people which along the same lines are... um, they haven't ventured very far beyond that. And, you know, if that's their choice to do so, so be it. You know, I've, I don't have an issue with the person themselves. I do have an issue with the macro beer companies, though, as a, as a whole and as their organization, because I don't think they're uh, socially good. I don't think they provide anything other than um, value to their shareholders. I don't believe they bring value to their, their customers. I sure as shit don't believe they bring value to their um, local communities where they are. Uh, Guinness, when it started out, Guinness was great for its local community in terms of providing their employees with health care, especially when they came back from um, World War One and so on, where they looked after people, they provided them with housing, provided them with jobs, and um, you could bring family members in to look after. But I think the Guinness of today, owned by Diageo, um, you know, it's just a fucking monster um, that just wants to consume everything and anything in its size at any costs. Uh, so what I was saying was that these, the craft beer community as a whole and the craft beer brewers, they always want to be able to sell their beer and they want to make it to as available as possible to as many people as possible. And if you talk to any of the craft beer producers in this country, they will tell you how fucking hard they have to fight to try and get their beers distributed, whether it's dealing with CNR to try and get their beers into places like Musgraves and their various stores, whether it's super values or whatnot, and or people who are like they're they're trying to get their beers distributed through people like James Winans, who's a fucking godsend in being able to help these people get their beers to market, get them recognized, and try and put them at least on the fucking train tracks to get to the destination where they can support to get their brewery to grow. No craft brewer who quits their day job to become a craft beer brewer wakes up and goes, I'm doing this for fun. They want to do it to make money. And I think that the snobbery that we're starting to see is that um, where there are people who think craft beer should carry a premium price with it because it is what it is. And I think this puts it out of the hands of people. It over-gentrifies it. I think it stops people from having the ability from sort of even modest income levels from being able to experience these kind of beers and experience them with their friends and then go out into pubs and and if they don't want to drink fucking Hynagio piss they can go and have one of these beers without going hang on whoa 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 what do you mean seven or eight euros for a pint of beer this isn't the Oliver St. John Gogarty fuck off I don't think that should happen um I do believe look I understand that craft beer costs a little bit more. I also know that, for example, a craft beer bottle, if it's been bottled under contract and it's gone to the UK, whatever about the cost of what's actually inside the bottle, per bottle at the very least, I know that's added the guts of about 80 to 90 cents, maybe even up to a euro extra in cost on that beer. I understand the scale, and when they're having to bottle outside the country, they're, they're not able to get down to the price of macros. I get that. So if a pint of, of Irish craft beer costs me five euro something, guess what? I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about it. If it's going to cost six euros and seven euros, that's when we have an issue, especially when you're talking about something which is sub five percent. 
Um, so one of the things that, like, when we were at this Probus event was that we were able to try all these beers. And one of the things that I found was great was the pricing of the beer was fantastic. It was very well priced. When I went up and I bought one of the bottles I bought was a known O, was their uh, Belgium Triple. Their Tiger Triple is what, they, what it's actually branded as. Uh, and it was an amazing beer. It's wonderful. It's fruity. It's... It's got a little bit of cloviness, a little bit of spiciness going to it. It's a tiny bit biscuity. It's almost like getting like a um, just one of those great Belgian wheat beers, except this has been amped up and it's been nine percent ABV. But it's, it doesn't feel heavy. It's very drinkable, very quaffable, very enjoyable. And when they said to me, "Oh, it's going to be seven euro ten for a bottle which is sort of uh, about like it's a, it's over a pint at that point for that bottle." But I didn't. I th I thought you know what, it's not bad for it considering that it's a bottle of that beer at that strength, and I'm able to buy it and locate it as well. So I didn't think seven euro ten was too out of the ordinary for a beer like that, especially when I consider what some beers have been charged at in Dublin City. I mean, one of the things which came up on Broadsheet, dot uh, ie, I think it was last year was the tap the dog tap takeover in Farrington's where they were showing some of the pints of beer were nine euros. Um, you know, the price in those kind of understandable in one respect and another respect not really understandable and you could see why many people derided it. But I think when you sort of do things like that you take away the ability for that product to help be um, part of a social experience for people as well as an experience to try and move away from uh, craft beer. I think it's very, very difficult in one respect, to turn around to someone and go, hey, I know you like your Heineken, or you like your Smithix, or you like your Guinness, or whatever the fuck macro beer it is, and to say to them, hey, why don't you try drinking one of these craft beers, when the premium that's on that is excessive. You know, the P Irish people, for some reason, are horribly price adverse, and I think it's because for so many years, um, we've had the piss taken with prices and everything else. I think it, a lot of it stems, if I'm brutally honest, without deviating too far off course. I mean, Jesus, this show is already deviating all over the place, but um, and it's kind of deliberate. I want to be, I want to sort of be engaging with my thoughts around this and my experiences over the last week and 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 uh, around that. But when Ireland joined the euro, one of the things that was said was there should be no price gouging, and you're only going to round up into the nearest ten cents. And all of a sudden, we went from seeing cans of Coke that were maybe fifty p before that going up to now being a euro when the price differential technically speaking should have put it at maybe around 70 cents they bent up to euro you've seen mars bars which were like 35 pence suddenly become 50 they were should have been around 50 cents they were now a euro as well and so on so we had this huge massive price inflation we also had a massive influx of foreign tech companies who wanted to get as many employees as possible and just were willing to throw ridiculous numbers at people and they stripped an awful lot of Irish manufacturing businesses of their staff um, because they just couldn't compete with those kind of wage levels. Intel did it when they came in, Hewlett Packard did it when they launched um, their manufacturing facility and this sort of then made Irish people a lot more affluent in um, what were traditionally low-paying uh, industry areas of our society, giving them a lot more affluence, and then as a result, sort of 
the never-ending cycle of money, when there's more money that's being paid out to people and lots of money suddenly invades a economy, people have more money to spend and prices naturally start to increase. It's a natural cycle of inflation that happens. But what's happened is, in the course of time, is with um, with with craft beer is that the price going up and people in particular calling for the price to carry a premium because it's that is, I think it it will only do two things. Number one, it won't help attract people to it. I don't I don't think the proposition of wholesome uh, Irish produced, lovingly produced, and passionately produced beer is enough to dissuade people to stop drinking macro. I think a price point has got to help with that in terms of being the enticement. So if there's not too much of a difference, people will make that leap. Uh, and I think that has to happen. Number two, if you're going to put prices up on craft beer for the sake of it just being craft beer, all you're going to do is that price being put up is going to happen at the retail point. It is not going to benefit the brewers at all. In fact, if anything, the brewers are still going to be producing the same amount of beer for the same frickin' price, and the only people who are making any money off it are the retail end of it, or the the uh, the publican end of things. Um, and I think that's a shame, because that's a circle that should be feeding itself properly, and again as i said craft beer brewers yes they love producing the beer they make you can tell when you talk to any of them for even for five fucking minutes about the beers that they produce you can tell how passionate they are how they want to make each and every pint of what they put out better they want to do something which helps engage people and they want to put out something out there which speaks to their personalities and their tastes in beer and they want to share that with other people and they want to share the stories of how they quit their horrible fucking day jobs to go and brew craft beer and may try and make some money out of it and to make it a viable business and it has to be a viable business I mean, anyone who has, again, had conversations with brewers will tell you, when you go to set up your brewery, the amount of administrative bullshit you have to go through to tr with, with the revenue to start with. Never mind trying to brew your beer, go and locate some kit, bring it in. If you want, you've got the other hassle at the end of that is, okay, taking my beer to market, putting it in a pub. You might think that's easy. Guess what? Not so easy. You have a... By yourself, anyone can go out and they can buy themselves a 12,000 litre a year uh, microbrewery for around pff, just under 4.5, maybe 5,000 euros. You can get one which will allow you to do 12,000 litres per annum. That's, I mean, that's a really tight cycle, and that's hoping you get some really good efficiency out of it as well. I mean, that's I would say that's a, that's a best effort out of that yes you can go and brew all this beer yes you can go and bottle it yourself and yes you can try and put it into kegs yourself but you can't just stick it in a keg walk into your local fucking pub and go hey i'd like you to put my beer on tap number one they're going to ask you okay well do you have any taps and you're going to look around and go what the fuck do you mean taps you're a pub you've got your own taps Uh, -uh. that's not how this works you're not going to be able to just walk in, drop some beers off and hope they sell. If you have a great relationship with the owner of your pub, you might be able to do that. And they might be able to hook you up and go, Hey, well, I'll tell you what, look, I'll get a guest tap in, but you're going to need to, uh, you're going to, need to hook me up price-wise. So again, the brewers, 
taking the upfront hit and the brewer in fact mightn't even get paid for their fucking beer because there may be an agreement of hey it'll go in but I'm only going to pay you if it sells if it doesn't sell there's a whole keg of product which hasn't sold and they're not getting paid for and that's money they may as well have just pissed down the toilet that's the reality of this and we're so when I bring all this back in together and then I'm asking myself okay the pricing issue of craft beer how does that interact with the socialization and the social causality and the ability to create a responsible drinking environment the whole thing is all interlinked if you create craft beers and you but like the porterhouse for example they're really reasonable to go in and buy beers from uh, I went in there the other night and I picked up one of their chocolate truffle stouts. That's a craft beer, which, uh, again, if you haven't tried it, take your backside in there, go have one. It's literally like having dairy milk in a glass, uh, except it's a porter. Amazing order stout. It's a really, really amazing beer, really lovely. Um, and anyone who's tried it has only had really good things to say about it as well. And it's a firm favourite amongst some of the uh, the beer geeks in this country as well. I know Beer Nut really likes it, Irish Beer Snob really likes it as well. Um, and a couple others who are out there really, really dig it uh, as well. That didn't cost the earth. I think it was four, a, a pint of it was four euro something. Again, really reasonable. If you think about it, Dublin City, and that's Porterhouse Central, which is uh, pretty cent- like a smack dab in the city centre. Four euro something, not really a bad deal when you consider that you would pay four something for a pint of, uh, pint of piss from Heineken, Diageo, or any of these other fuckers. Again, really well priced beer. And yet, if you go into, and I'm not picking Galway Bay in particular, but if you go into any of their pubs, the price of their beers do tend to be that bit more expensive. My only beef with the, their beers sometimes is the two-thirds of a pint glass. Guys, come on, give pints of beer to people. Stop going with the two-thirds of pints bullshit. Give people pints of beer. You want to normalise stuff and you want to get more people into your pubs, guess what? There's a finite number of beer geeks in the country. Invite more ordinary people in. There are other people out there who the beer geeks will bring with them. But if you're going to start like putting two-thirds pints up in front of people, you know they're going to notice that. Um, no matter how good the beer is, and boy, some of your beers are really good, especially your Buried at Sea, uh, a beer which I've recommended several times over, and I still think is a great beer. And same with Full Sail and Stormy Port, really, really good beers. Um, again, all this is important. If you want to encourage responsible drinking, you know, craft beer producers and the craft beer producing world and the craft beer community are a great group of people to talk to about it. It's generally the experience is that when you're drinking craft beer, you'll find you drink less beer in one session. You'll want to, it's not like a, where you get Budweiser and you're just shoving it down your neck. And it is quite possible to do 10, 15 pints of beer in an hour without realizing because the shit just tastes of nothing and it just falls down your neck. There's nothing there uh, until it's too late. Uh, or craft beer is something that you want. You're savoring, and you want more. You want to drink more of it. Yes, your your session beers, quote unquote. My giant air commas were going up there. But it will help. People will find they're drinking less beer, but they're focusing on the quality of the beer. And again, that beer, while the people are having it and they're with friends who are drinking craft beers, or maybe there's a mix of people who are drinking craft and drinking macro. Those conversations happen, and what usually happens, and I've discovered in my own circles, and from having conversations with other people as well, they'll hand their craft beer to their friends who are drinking macro and go, "Hey, have a try of that." And two things will happen: one, go, "That's all right, it's not bad," 
Am I have a pint of it? Or Jesus Christ, that's 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 way way too far off the reservation for me. And the story I told was that earlier this year I was out with a couple of friends from work. One of my buddies, he's from Lithuania. Uh, he is a staunch Guinness drinker. Got him to try O'Hara's uh, stout. Didn't like it. Um, got him to try. Uh, I think it was. The one of the eight degrees ones didn't like it. Got him to try Otter Banks Ferrami and fucking hated it. And it was, uh, and, but I gave him a pint of Guinness and he was happy as a pig and shit. You know that just is what it is. But again, it was a great kind of talking point because we we're still kind of talking about it afterwards. And then there's another friend of mine who I work with. I'm actually kind of lucky. I work with people that I really like. And I work with people who I get on with. And I've worked with people who I've known for a long time. And they're not just work colleagues. They're actually friends of mine. Before I got reunited with them, I'd still have been in very close contact with them on a fairly regular basis. So Paul, who's one of my friends, um, recently I think... uh, my buddy Jason, better known as Frank Jazenko on Twitter, gave him some homebrew that I'd uh, I'd helped him design the recipe for around the hops and everything else, and it came out as a pretty decent uh, IPA. But he gave him a couple of bottles of the beer because uh, Paul is always ribbing myself and Frank about uh, our drinking habits and the amount of craft beer that we drink, and he always says that we're like a bunch of beer Nazis. Uh, because we look down on people like him who drink stuff like Pilsner, Urquell, or Budvar, or... Uh, or actually just generic uh, macro beers um, but Paul said that he was in the other night in an off license and he, he was he was told that oh the minimum spend was X because he wanted to pay with a card and he was like fuck it so he got a couple of cans of craft beer and now he's found himself that occasionally he may or may not be picking up a couple of craft beers and drinking them and he always says you bunch of fucking beer Nazis he said it to us again today uh, when he was telling us the story of what happened at the weekend but even with Paul now, Paul is someone who like like used to laugh at us for our beer, but now occasionally will like that because he liked even the homebrew that Jason made, which would have been a little bit off the charts. It would have been um, not like a hot bomb, but it would have been far more intense than a macro beer. Um, and again, a pale ale, not a traditional style to lagers, which Paul traditionally likes, or his Guinness, which he loves. And even today, like when we were telling him about uh, the other beer that Frank had put on the weekend, which is a coffee stout where he's loaded up with some serious fucking um, Colombian coffee. Uh, you know, he, um, Paul was a bit dubious about coffee and stout. What are you talking about? But when he has it, he'll like it and the rest of it. Or he'll actually hate it. I don't know which. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But again, there's someone who we've brought along. Another guy I work with as well, I introduced him to craft beer. My introduction craft beer to people in general to find out where they sit or lie is either one of uh, three beers. It's either Brewdog's Punk, or it's going to be Dead Pony Club by Brewdog, or it's going to be Sam's Kinsale Pale Ale, because I think that's actually a really good beer to get people interested in, especially if they don't like dark beers and like lagers, get them into something which has a bit of fruit in it as well, especially fruit in the aroma, because that will actually help people get in there at least. Um, Whatever about the bitterness levels and all the rest of that, or whether it's dry, or whether there's a a piney uh, ending to it or otherwise, I think the malt characteristics of those beers, number one, are pretty good. Number two, I think when you're talking about hops, which add fruity values to it, again, I think it's a good way to segue people into it. Um, O'Hara's make great beers. There's nothing wrong with those as introduction gateway beers. Um, As Niall from the Rye River Company has said, like he thinks his beers are great gateway beers, and in one respect, I don't think I disagree with him on that. Um... 
being brutally honest, but my gateway beers to people is because I want them to get interested in the fact is I think when you have some of those beers, there's nowhere for you to go afterwards. And I think if you have something like Sam's or you have some of those Brewdog beers, whether it's Punk or Dead Pony, I think do believe they give you somewhere to go because you're, I don't think you're just on the noob level of the ladder. I think you're on the okay, let's go and enjoy ourselves and see where we can go from here instead uh, of things. And, you know, I've never given them to someone where someone's gone, yick, I don't fucking like them. I'm never trying craft beer again. Every time I've put one of those beers in front of people, they've gone on to try other beers. Now, there are one or two exceptions, not being my other half, but she's particular. She likes her wheat beer. She likes things like Sierra Nevada's Keller Vice. Great beer. I really like it, too. She likes... uh Bayern by uh, Thornbridge again another really really nice beer but again that's I would say on the exceptional side everyone else who I've introduced the other three beers to they've gone on to try other craft beers and in fact one of them I tried on is actually uh, it's turned into a bit of an IBU nut and I'm not sure whether I'm frightened for him or whether I'm impressed by his progression into craft beer um, it worries me and it excites me at the same time and it's a great thing to do so the summary of this is look when it comes time to having the responsible grown-up discussions about beer culture in this country, I think craft beer is an important voice which needs to be heard. I think too often the voices of macro drown it out, and I think the beer geeks, um, because they're, they're either such small numbers or disparate, or they don't tend to bring new people from who are just new to craft beer, I don't think they bring people along, because I think in some cases they intimidate people. Um, just by their sheer knowledge or the guffawing because maybe they've picked up a blue moon and it's like, you picked up a blue moon, it's not even a craft beer. Look, if if that is a... I can't believe I'm about to fucking say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If that happens to be a beer that gets people into drinking beers by the guys in Mead, if it happens to bring people into drinking, drinking beers by 8 Degrees, drinking beers by Kinnegar, drinking beers by Munster Brewery, drinking beers by... Um, some of the other craft beer producers like N17 their beer or drinking Galway Bay beers or drinking Sam Black's beers or drinking any of these craft beer producers in this country Mountain Man or or Metal Man beers if it gets them drinking those beers you know what it's in one respect it's not a bad thing um but I do think there, there it, it does have a, it does have a place, and I begrudgingly say it has a place. I really am, really am difficult for me to even acknowledge that. But um, and it's because I think it's such a shitty, stealthy beer. Like if you just be upfront and say you're fucking owned by Molson Coors, and stop pretending to be a fucking craft beer. Just call it that it's a flavored beer, and it's it's. And call it what it is. Don't fucking hide and pretend that it's not owned by Molson Curry. It's not owned by a major brewery. Just get the hell over that. Acknowledge it for what it is. Acknowledge the fact that it is a gateway beer for many people into the craft beer world. But these voices are important. And I think they should be heard alongside the macro voices. I don't care about anyone who turns around and says that craft beer, Ian, it's only a small percentage of the beer market. It's less than... A 5% figure in the beer market. It's an irrelevant voice. Bullshit. It's an irrelevant voice. It's a relevant voice. The fact is. If it was so goddamn irrelevant. Why are the macro brewers so intent. 
on invading to try and scoop up as much of that 5% as possible? Why did they go out of their way to try and buy things like Franciscan Well? Why did they go out of their way to create these crafty beers to infiltrate this market? Because it is important, because it is a market which is going to grow. And therefore, I do think the voices of those drinkers need to be heard in discussions about responsible drinking and the, and the social good that can come out of things like craft beer. Talk to Sarah Rorty in N17. She's a great example of like how you make end-to-end beer and be socially good, socially responsible in terms of your input and output as well. Uh, again, really fine example. But again, will that come up when it comes to a discussion about the good that uh, and a particular strand of the alcohol-producing industry comes in Ireland? Fuck no. But I do think it's important we start to make these voices heard. And the only way these voices are going to get heard is by, number one, content being put out there. Number two, voices being heard. And not just written words. Get out there and do podcasts. Get out there and do shows. Get out there and do videos. Promote it. If there are fans of craft beer out there, go and put up a video or a view of a beer that you really like on, on YouTube with your smartphone. Do it like a selfie video if you want to do it. I don't care. Go and make the voices of these beers heard. Talk about why you like these beer brands. Get out there and be advocates for them. I mean, if you were that strong an advocate where you turn around and you say, hey, I love drinking Galway Bay beers, I love drinking in their pubs, I want to support what they're doing because I love the message that they're selling. Well, guess what? If you are right about stuff, get on YouTube, stick out your videos, go and do a short podcast, whatever the fuck. Go and do it to support it and put it out there and help these guys along. And this will all help feed itself. This will eventually help feed itself where there's more volume coming along. And the odds are the chances that the more volume that there is, the cost will start coming down per unit. And that will be reflected in the pricing of craft beer. And it'll help it feed itself as well. It'll help feed itself from more people being involved and more people wanting to talk about it. More people want to export it. More people wanting to stock it in places. Uh, more people asking the right questions or even asking more of the wrong questions to get the right answers uh, about the subject. This is why it is absolutely important. And I do think that the socialization and the social aspect of craft beer is utterly crucial in this country. And you know what? That just sounds like the sound for last orders. Thanks once again for joining on this episode of the 11pm Somewhere Podcast. Remember, each week, brand new episodes of the show are available on both iTunes and Stitcher Radio. What's Stitcher Radio? Stitcher Radio is an amazing way to go and listen to podcasts without having to connect your phone to your co- or your smart device to your computer or to your laptop to go and sync and download because it allows you to stream podcasts directly onto your device and it does it in a way which doesn't impact your bandwidth so if you're on 3g guess what you can still listen to podcasts in a great quality and again you're not downloading it you're streaming it and if you're on either of these platforms please drop a review and a rating for the show i know i've got a couple of them on itunes i'd love to get a couple more because you know what it helps the show climb the ladder in the podcast charts that gets the show more recognition and gets it more exposition as well on those uh, chart pages in the iTunes store and in the Stitcher radio charts remember you can always hit me up on the Twitter machines at 11pm somewhere and if you want to join the mailbag on a future episode where I do a mailbag show email me show at 11pm somewhere.com whether it's feedback about the show questions about the show questions about beers that I've talked about or any of the topics on any of the previous shows or the last one you've just listened to drop me an email so until next time peoples i've been me you've been you the last one left standing guess what gets to turn out the lights cheers to you craft beer drinkerati
The Irish Craft Beer subreddit contains all the latest news, reviews, blogs, and posts from around the internet about Irish craft beer. To find out more, check out www.reddit.com slash or slash Irish craft beer. Join the revolution.